Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Harold Britz tells a story of a cake decorator in New Zealand. He was told to to bake a cake, contracted to bake a cake for a wedding and decorate it, put on the names, and he was given the names. On the bottom of the cake, he was supposed to to put a, a scripture verse. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. The problem is, poor John didn't really know that much about the Bible. He thinks, well, I guess I'll just go. And he goes home and pulls out of the shelves his old grandmother's Bible not knowing that there's a difference between John and 1 John, he simply comes to the first John he finds, which is the Gospel of John. On this wedding cake, he writes, John chapter 4, verse 18, For you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. Quite a blunder. There's more than one John. I forget who it was that said it, but it's always sort of reminded me that, that Anne is giving up drinking, Terry is giving up chocolate, I'm just giving up. <laughs> you ever feel like that? Just go, that's enough. Stop the bus, I want to get off. This is the Pharisees' advice to Jesus today. Herod's after you, buddy. You need to pack it up. You need to go on your way. You need to get out of here. Better to give it up, Jesus. You would just better get out of town. Jesus surprises the Pharisees by both disregarding but also embracing their message. He he dismisses the threat entirely. He says, go tell that fox that I'm going to be here for three more days. If he's ready for me, he can come get me. I will be here the whole time. I find it amusing that these squeakers come to tattle on Herod about to Jesus. We don't really know if, if they were well-intended or not, but you, we do know that, that Herod really doesn't have any animosity towards Jesus because Herod does eventually get his hands on Jesus and really doesn't do anything with him. He's actually rather more upset that he doesn't perform like some sort of a trained monkey that than anything that he has to say. He's like, do a miracle for me, Jesus. Jesus refuses, and Herod just sends him back to Pilate with his thanks, which is interesting that Herod and Pilate, who had been rivals now, they're buds. This is great. You sent me Jesus. Too bad everybody didn't feel the same way. I sent you Jesus. Now we're best friends. These squeakers probably don't have a lot of access to Herod. They probably don't know anything about Herod. They don't have any access to the king. They're, they're probably rumor-mongering at best. At worst, they're really just trying to run Jesus off so they don't have to deal with him anymore. Jesus notes that Herod is nothing but a sly fox. He is forever plotting, but he is powerless against the, the might of God. And Jesus has his own schedule. Jesus has his own agenda. Jesus has his own mission to fulfill a time frame that has been divinely determined by the Lord God Almighty. And Jesus is, Jesus is going to give up. Just not right here. 
He's going to give himself up. Jesus is going to travel to Jerusalem and give himself up, and he will meet with the traumatic tradition of that city. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, that kills the prophets and stones those who were sent unto it. Jesus is going to give up everything in order to fulfill God's plan of salvation for you and for I. Let me put it as clearly as I can. Jesus is going to give it up so that we get everything. Giving up sometimes is a dirty word. We don't like to talk about giving things up. The only time we ever really sort of talk about giving things up is when we give it up for Lent. (laughs) We'll give up some things for Lent. Even then, we carefully choose that which we're going to give up. The more mundane, the more peripheral, the better it is. I remember one year my mother gave up beets. I can't remember ever having beets in my house. My mom's like, I'm giving up beets. This year, Richard gave up chocolate. Those of you who know Richard knows that Richard hates chocolate. You couldn't make him eat it if you wanted to. We never really give up. We don't like giving up. We don't like giving up control of our lives either. We don't give up the conviction that we should be the masters of our own destiny. We don't like to give up the illusion that if we just work hard enough, if we act fast enough, if we believe fervently enough, that we will never really have to give up anything, that we can achieve anything, and that we can really have it all. But is it true? Now tell the truth. How many of you have watched American Idol? I know a bunch of you. If you haven't watched American Idol, you've watched America's Got Talent or one of these other shows, America's Top Model maybe. How many times have you listened to one of these singers holding a pillow over your your chest, just listening to them waller and scream and screech and go, how in the world did you get to this point? Some of them hopelessly off-key, some of them without rhythm, without tone, some of them are just plain awful warbling like some Viking queen and doing an opera lesson that they don't understand. After being built, jilted by the judges, booed by the audience, many of them, they'll look at the camera, and they'll look that camera straight dead in the eye, and they'll declare, I'm never going to stop. This is not going to make me stop. This is going to make me work harder. It's going to make me work stronger. I'm never going to give up. And Stephanie can attest to this. I'm on the side over there listening to the TV going, well, maybe you should. I'm not saying don't give up on your dreams or your life. I'm not saying don't give anything up and everything. I'm I'm just saying, you know, take an accounting class. You know, maybe that is interesting as well. Maybe you've got something to, to fall back on. We all have to give up some things in order to pursue other things. It's just sometimes we should pursue other things. Sometimes we need to give up. There, there is an appropriate time and a place to give up. There is a time when we need to learn to throw in the towel and move on. There are no limitations, or there are no limits, but but there are limitations. Part of growing up is learning what our our limitations are so that we we don't spend our entire life chasing down some sort of a, a pipe dream to bear down on God's dreams for our lives. 
You know, I love to pick on psychology because <laughs> it's easy. Um, but sometimes they really kind of know what they're talking about. Persisting in one's effort to reach a goal often meets with success, but a lot of times it doesn't. When the goal is too difficult, when the tenacious pursuit of that can lead to health problems, from psychological science in September 2007, you got to know when to fold them. (laughs) That's a great article. You got to know when to fold them. Psychologists Gregory Miller and Karsten Warch studied teenagers over the course of a year using an instrument that they developed to distinguish between people who persist or either let go when faced with difficult goals. They found that the less tenacious teens had lower levels of the protein CRP, which is an indicator of body inflammation. Since inflammation has been linked to serious heart disease and diabetes and and heart disease, psychologists suggest that it may be prudent to cut one's losses in the face of insurmountable obstacles It has to do with social disengagement and systematic inflammation in adolescence. In other words, straining for a goal that is just outside of your fingertips can literally make you sick. Frankly, there are some things that we need to give up on. Some things are good to give up on. We do need to die to our lives. Sometimes we need to give up to give up on a career that is sucking out our souls. Many people, you know, work in jobs that they absolutely detest. Sort of the interesting that's happened over these last two years of COVID is you got to hand it to the millennials. I like to pick on millennials too, because it's, again, it's easy. But they're really good at quitting jobs that they hate. They are real, they are, and and it's healthy for them. It's good for them. To go, you know what? I hate this. I'm not doing this anymore. In the words of my grandfather's generation, take this job and shove it. I mean, my generation sang the words. We just didn't believe it. They're like, yep, I give up. I'm going to go work for myself. Give up on a relationship that is clearly toxic. Give up on a relationship that's clearly debilitating. I've always told people, if your mother doesn't like her, Break up with her. (laughs) She knows you better than anybody else in the world. I'm telling you. Give up on a relationship that's that's toxic. Give up on a grudge that's creating a cavity within your heart. You let it go. Give up on an addiction, whether it be drugs or alcohol or sex or power or speed or beauty. Find a renewed meaning and a renewed purpose in life. Now, Jesus didn't just give up in in hearing Herod's threats that were translated through these pharisaical squeakers. He is going to give it up to God's divine plan of salvation. Jesus not give up for his own safety. He didn't give it up for his own security. He he, uh, did not give it up to provide for himself self-preservation. But he did give up. But he didn't give up his his role as messianic provider for us. He didn't give up his his role as messianic identity. He didn't give up his mission. Jesus did give up in the place and the purpose that God designed him to. So to end this morning with with a question that we began with, what will you give up this Lent? What are you interested in giving up on? 
What are you going to throw in the towel with? Will you give up the sacred sense of control that you imagine that you have over your life? What will you, will you give up and throw in the towel with? What will, you, will you be able to then, having given up something that's clearly not good for you, will you have the time and the energy and the resources to throw your hat into a new ring? Maybe begin a new venture this Lenten season. Will you give in to a new challenge? Will you give in to a new mission? Will you give in to a, a new chart, charted path for your life, a new design? What would happen this Lent instead of giving up red meat if you gave up command and control of your own life and trusted in that old rugged cross? What would happen this Lent if, if you gave up thinking that your life is just fine the way you're living it right now and turned over a new leaf and went into a new direction, a positive direction? What would happen this Lent if throwing in the towel on your own control, you threw your hat into a new ring, into some sort of new uncharted territory with with new divine possibilities? It's just a question. When it all comes down to it, we have our charted course. We will be here for one day tomorrow and then the next day. From there, we'll see where we go. But the Lord loves us nonetheless and has never given up on us. In Jesus' name, amen.